<sighs> and we're live. This isn't live though. <clears throat> but we are live. When we're cool, we are we'll be doing live. That'd be alive. Cool. Was uh, Joe Rogan's the first podcast that decided to watch it? That was live, wasn't it? The first had, one, yeah. The very first to, one, he had snowflakes falling, and people yeah, were like, "These snowflakes are really irritating." Yeah. He's like, "Come on, it's Christmas." Yeah, he found out really fast what people like and don't like. His <laughs> <laughs> people fucking just ripping him comments on, like. Stop eating chips while you're doing the podcast. <laughs> it's super loud and annoying. We're going to burn the studio down. That first episode made our episode seem amazing, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I want to say, like, the first so 25 bad. minutes of that was them just dicking around on the that's computer. How, like, like, what does this do? Yeah. Uh-huh. What does this do? Super annoying what to watch. It's like, dude, come on. We're here. I think he only said he had, like, 18 people watching, though, when they first started it up. So, yeah. Yeah, for a long time, they just did them like that, like, on his computer. They were bad for a really long time, like, the quality-wise. And then for a while, they did them just, like, in their friend's, like, living room, just, like, sitting on the couch. But it, like, was looked super weird because they were, like, filming themselves, but they all had, like, headphones and shit on. And, like, it was just, it was old, it was old school. You know, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. We're going to enter this anyways. Hey, guys, welcome to... The next episode of the Dream Crushers podcast. This is an exciting episode. For those of you on YouTube, you're going to figure it out real fast because you can't see our faces. We decided to stop filming it. For now. Yeah, for now. It was just taking too much time to edit. Uh, this is exciting, at least for me, because I think we'll finally be getting podcasts out on a regular basis, hopefully weekly really don't see why not if you actually listen to the podcast on what is it anchor Anchor. several things Mm -hmm. you'll be getting them immediately so if we're out here recording once a week which i don't see that being a problem you'll actually get them once a week and so it'll be much more guaranteed for the few people on youtube that have commented that they love to see our our different locations each time sorry that's gonna suck Instead, you'll get to look at this amazing image of both of our faces. Uh, but on the bright side, you won't have to stare at your screen the whole time. Yep. Plus, the camera, I don't know if you guys knew, but the camera we were using only lasted 19 minutes before shutting down. So we would have to watch the time like a hawk and make sure that uh, we reset the camera and got it going again. We don't have to worry about that so much anymore. And we were trying to keep them down to around 20 minutes. Now, these podcasts very well may go over... 17 hours. Quite possibly. So sit down, strap in, and prepare for a ride. That, this is the battery thing right there. So, the battery level of the sound recorder may may hinder the 17-hour <laughs> thing, but... Alright. Well, away we go. Indeed. Uh, there was this. I don't know if it's a if it's like a, a law. Of science, I think it's a law of science that states energy cannot be created nor destroyed, only changed. So, like you know, a lot of, a lot of times, and especially in modern day, we think of like creating energy. You know, where doing whatever or you have a 
little electricity generator and you feel like you're generating electricity and that's making energy but it's not really making energy it's just transferring energy from one thing to the other you know Mm -hmm. simplest form of boiling water the boiling water is energy created but it's energy that's taken from heat from a flame from some fuel source that's burning and uh long ago when i was in college and i was taking some automotive classes we had this rocket scientist come in like legitimate like actual designated rocket scientist um which is funny because you always hear that term but i've never met one before but i did and super nice like old guy and you could tell he was just like wicked smart and he was telling us about different things and he was responsible for creating a bunch of um different renewable energy sources and he did a lot with car stuff but also that had to do with um like natural energy sources and one of the things that he was talking about was uh nothing is free so coming back to the energy cannot be created or destroyed it's only transferred so anytime you take energy from something it's coming from somewhere and something has to change something has to alter uh he gave an example of this um they have these energy like these electricity generating things that are generated by waves and so they put these things in the ocean just off the the shoreline a little ways and it was like these big kind of wheels um with like paddles or something on them and as the waves would roll in it would uh turn these big things and it would create energy and so it's like okay you know thinking about it you would think okay that seems like a pretty like free source of energy uh-huh. he said that when you used it enough like the setup that you had to have to use it enough to create enough usable energy it affected the tides so much that it would actually pull the moon closer to earth and it would affect what our like uh like the tide levels and other things that like the moon has an effect on that sounds like bullshit <laughs> i'm sorry it sounds crazy but i learned that tides were affected by the moon not the other way around well yeah well if it's yeah it's the tides are affected by what the gravitational pull of the moon or something like that right yeah. like imagine Imagine the moon overhead and, and picture an egg. You know, it's oblong shape. That's that's basically what it does to the ocean. So wherever the moon is, the water on that part of the earth, all the water essentially rushes to coned up. Kinda yeah, kinda to point towards the moon if that makes any sense. So you just picture the moon always at the at the tip of the egg and the water is basically just following the moon around. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's obviously the earth doesn't look like an egg and the tide in the grand scheme of things doesn't move that much, but that's basically what's happening. It's just yeah. pulling all the water to a certain location wherever mm-hmm. the gravitational pull of the moon is, but affecting tides in order to pull the moon. I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's a thing. It's basically saying that because the water 
couldn't move. I think I think how he broke it down. This was like a long time ago, and I mean, I don't know. He could be wrong. He was a guy. He's allegedly a super smart scientist. Yeah, guys are always wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't can't take everything for a hundred percent. But basically, what it sounded like is <clears throat> the moon moves the water. If the water can't move, then the moon moves towards us. That's crazy. I'm going to have to look that up and see if that's true. But either way, the the laws of science are are seen in other ways. You know, you uh-huh. what uh, what's another good one as far as like taking energy? There's a um, lot and it's actually interesting. I think I knew this already, but never put it into practice. It's like thinking of different explanations like you're talking about we're uh we're technicians we do ac and heat that's all the same thing you you don't get like your air conditioner doesn't a big thing when you're learning ac is they they make it very clear that you're removing heat you're not actually cooling the air because it's just a transfer of energy what's happening and basically without getting too into the system and boring the shit out of people is uh, the refrigerant absorbs heat through moisture in the air and relocates it to another location and on cars it's it's the uh, the condenser up front um, so basically you're taking heat out of the car and moving it outside and in your house it's the same thing it's absorbing the heat from inside your house relocating it and via a fan, it's blowing it out into the atmosphere. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing in that it's basically just moving the energy. Yeah, It's altering yeah, it's it a little bit. It. It's not it's actually ruining it. it. It's not getting rid of it. It's just relocating it. And I guess that's basically what you're saying is it's, it's all the different types of uh, electricity generation. Windmills and stuff like that. It's like regardless whether you're spinning it by hand, it's taking energy to move it, to yeah. create it, yeah. or it's the wind that's mm-hmm. moving it. So that's about as free as you get as far as free energy is finding something that can actually generate the electricity that you need. Yeah. One of the things that, the whole reason that I was thinking about this <clears throat> and brought it up is because it's basically the fact is everything on earth that's here that we've you know so called created built everything all of that's already been here it's just been different you know Mm -hmm. like nothing we haven't changed we haven't uh, created anything new you know we have buildings and we have glass it's all just taken from natural resources we've done some sciencey things and changed chemical compounds of things but it all started as something here and one thing that I heard that was interesting was somebody talking about how like people are basically like everything in the world is natural you know plastic is natural because it came here just because we changed it doesn't make it unnatural and yeah it might be like a lot harder to return back into what it once was because of how we've manipulated it but mm-hmm. we are basically the giant forms of ants you know or bees you know bees 
go and they take pollen and they bring it back and they do a chemical process with saliva and other weird things and they make honey and uh-huh. they build you know nests and they build honeycomb and they have wax and they do all this you know we're just the more complicated form of that and we are nature we're just we so often that we separate ourselves from nature we think that we're like since we're smart and sophisticated that we're like animals and plants are one thing and then there's people and we're different we're not we're unnatural almost it seems but it's like no we're just we just are smart enough to do things in a way that has benefited us so much that we seem so far removed but everything that we do is natural it's a natural form because we are natural we are animals and it's interesting because like on how this pertains to like life and death especially in it gets a little bit more complicated when it comes to people but as far as like animals so like in nature absolutely nothing gets wasted you know a, a, a deer dies for whatever reason say it gets sick or whatever and it dies and it falls on the ground and it's dead and then a bear finds it and a bear eats it and then some vultures find it and the vultures eat it and even if no other animals found it it would break down because there's bacteria and there's fungus everywhere it would rot it would go back into the earth, re-nourish the soil and the dirt and all the little microorganisms, like everything eats. Nothing nothing like dies and just is like wasted and like it doesn't come back into the system. Everything circles back. And like I think about this a lot when people talk about um because we're people and because we're emotional we talk about like animals going extinct and like things like that and like being like it's like super sad uh-huh. and like partly yeah it is sad because we're people and we like to look at things right. we're observers we think it's neat we think they're cute we think they're pretty but the truth is that 99% of all species that have ever lived on earth are extinct over the millions and billions or whatever years that the earth has been spinning and not just because of us yeah i mean yeah. obviously oh, yeah, yeah. like the dinosaurs aren't here but yeah not because yeah that's the, yeah that's like, them, like before humans were even around like it was like in the high 90s the percentage of species that are like that were around before and so it's just kind of a natural process and when you think about it as nothing is created nor destroyed, it's only changed. So all of those dinosaurs, all the flying animals, the bacteria, the microorganisms, the mushrooms, the trees, everything that had ever lived in the past, it's all still here. It's just different. Mm-hmm. And I think that like one of the reasons why... Um, like you know people talk about climate change and people talk about like the world like looks different and everything seems like a lot less natural there's so many people and I think it's because nothing is free you know you say like energy can't be created or destroyed but there's now what seven and a half billion people on earth whereas like 
a few years ago, it was like, I mean, not a few years ago, but like hundreds of years ago, there was like a lot less. And it's like something's got to give for that energy to be able to be around, you know, to have, to support seven and a half billion people. There's mm-hmm. got to be less resources, less trees. There's got to be less animals. It only makes sense. There's got to be less something, less mountains, right. whatever the energy is coming from. Mm-hmm. It's got to be taken from somewhere because the, all the energy that's here has always been here and it's just changing. It's like weird to think about. You know, maybe that's why there were so many animals in the past is because there wasn't 7 billion people. There was only animals. So there's all different kinds of species. So basically what you're saying is once the population gets so great, there will no longer be a source of energy to keep us. So we're eventually going to need to start taking energy from one another. Because we're not going to have the trees or the animals because we don't have the plants to feed the animals. We don't have Mm -hmm. all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. If you all the energy has been converted into human form. Now, how do you keep all these humans alive when there's... Well, you don't. That's the thing. It's a reason... Mother Mother Nature always wins. So, she doesn't care about what we have planned. So, unless we figure out a way to, like uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about, becoming in a multi-planet um, species, like, we'll, we'll run out of resources... And then you, what I, what I kind of see happening is like a big buildup, and this might be not for you know another million years or whatever, but the only logical way that I see it happening is it builds up like a big bubble, and there's all these people, and times get really hard, and uh-huh. then there's a bursting point when society collapses, everything falls through, and then it kind of goes back to like a super primitive state where a ton of it, life becomes extremely difficult to maintain food is gone resources are gone power all this stuff everything basically reverts back to a primitive state which causes a ton of people to die off uh-huh. a ton of people to be eaten by animals and the balance is restored I was going to say I feel like there's got to actually be a balancing point aside from thought of like uh, famine and whatever disease and all that there's got to be a certain point where you know nourishment for humans is eventually <laughs> going to level off we're not going to be able to find it so it'd be a shitty time for a lot of people because mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like nature would just naturally well, balance at that point you can't you can't is... nourish all these people so those people are going to die and so population technically couldn't grow anymore at that point well we are very good at breeding and right but if you when, can't keep even people, when yeah but well, that's the thing, though, is, like, that would be, like, the bursting point. Because it wouldn't be, like, we slowly build up to that point, and then, oh, okay, we realize there's not enough food. And then everybody, like, stops breeding. Uh-huh. Like, there's seven and a half billion people. Yeah. Those seven and a half billion people breed with each other. Which, it's, so, it's, like, an exponential growth. Yeah. So, it happens faster than you can even, like, realize that there isn't enough resources everywhere. And it would keep happening. Even in times of famine, people still get pregnant because people like to have sex. Uh-huh. It's like a weird natural process. It's like um, if you put, say you have an island, and it's full of, say, chickens and cows. 
just to make it easy. And the chickens and cows live in harmony, and there's like a bunch of plants that they can feed on, and they have a good, like, natural order of things, and it's sustainable on that island. Okay, now you introduce wolves. You put, uh, and it's, it's a fairly small island, you know, there's a couple hundred cows and maybe a thousand chickens or something, and you put a couple packs of wolves on there. Those wolves go through and just decimate and eat and kill everything faster than it can repopulate because that's what wolves do. They kill and they eat and they don't, they're not taking tab of anything. And eventually what happens? They eat the island completely dry because there's so many of them and they're so hungry and they eat it all. They kill it off and now there's, they literally kill every cow and every chicken. Now there's no more to reproduce. There's no more cows and chickens going to be found. There's no other animals that are on this island. And then the wolves all die off. That would be like our version of that. It's like the simple form of our bubble popping. And and because we're, so <clears throat> we're much more vast and we're pretty cunning, I don't think it would be a complete extinction unless we did something to like super alter the state of the earth and we went into some crazy ice age and there was like no life left besides like microorganisms um I think that it would be like a, just a gigantic drop in population which they say there's there's been some research done by quite a few people and it's very intriguing I think it's um I want to say 12,800 years ago they think that the earth was um or like the united states was covered with five miles of ice and during that time the earth's population was dropped to like a super super low percentage like thousands of people there was like something a number that was like in the thousands for the whole world and we had to like build back up it was like some big asteroidal impact that caused all this crazy shift in weather and all this stuff that happened kind of like what happened like during like the dinosaur stuff but this was like only 12,800 years ago and they think that it caused like a big like setback in in uh, human history like so often I think when we think about human history it's linear it's like the dawn of time you know things started forming and there was apes and there you know it started with the small animals and then it went to more complex species and then there was apes and then humans came and or cavemen and humans came and whatever and then it just kept going up you know and then now we're here and this is like our most um highest level that we've been at but there's been some like pretty compelling evidence to state that there was high times before where it got dropped off and that was like uh, one of the things. What are we talking about? Like way <coughs> back in the day? At different time periods, but the one. I like, certainly don't the, want to go off on a tangent, but I'm picturing stuff like the, the last land of Atlantis and uh, I guess Egypt was kind huge of, and stuff yeah. like that. Well, yeah, yeah. That's one of the, the theories behind Egypt because supposedly hearing people talk that know some facts about Egypt and the pyramids, um, we. I'm pretty sure they said that we couldn't build the pyramids today. 
like with all of our modern technology, we couldn't build them today as good as they are now. So what they think was that there's a possibility that um, they were created by a super technologically advanced society and then they had died off for some reason. And then there was kind of like a setback and then started back up because Egypt has a crazy, crazy long history and they've found that like the Sphinx is way older than everybody thought it was because Uh when you look at the face of it, um, it's super weathered from rain. It's only it, the way that it's weathered can only be caused by rain. It couldn't be caused by wind or sand or anything else. It's only by water, uh-huh. and they haven't had rains that bad in like whatever the time period was, tens of thousands of years ago. And so when when you know we think of um, Cleopatra and like the typical like Egypt shit that you think about when you think about pyramids and stuff, like the pyramids and and the Sphinx and all of that stuff that was like carved and made outdates that stuff way back Cleopatra is closer on the timeline to the iPhone than she is to the pyramids (laughs) that's awesome that's fucking crazy but all of that being said coming back to energy being kind of created or destroyed it's like it, it makes you think about death you know we are beings of energy so what happens when we die you know it's kind of the age old question and there's there's a lot of different beliefs there's a lot of religious beliefs on what your spirit does and you know um but there's a lot of people out there that think that because it's it's almost a reincarnation type thought because you, the energy cannot be created or destroyed, and right. you are energy, and so it's like, it's like, but well, what is it? Is it just the body that's energy? Is it the consciousness? Is the consciousness the so-called soul? Does that go to one place, but the physical body, the energy from that, just gets redistributed into a bush or into a mouse or into an elephant or another person again one day? You know, where does it all go? Where does it come from? That's what got me, like, thinking back to, like, the basics of the energy thing. You're making me get really deep in thought here and now. <laughs> just thinking about stuff I haven't <laughs> thought about before. And my mind is just going to dark places. Trying to keep on topic. One, I think that many of our beliefs, even though I still don't know if nobody knows you know which one is right but I feel like all these are made up to make us feel better about something because we can't answer that question Mm -hmm. so since our brains are so powerful we can you know at least somewhat see into the future you know not in the future but you know just in our minds and stuff like that we can plan ahead yeah and the near future I guess we're like one of the only creatures that even has that capability yeah, to do that. That's what makes like, us different is awareness of Exactly. We know that we're death. able to die and we can't do anything about it and other animals don't live like that. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna die one day. But the whole thought about, you know, what happens when we die, here's a this is what went through my head. Imagine 
a large vase full of clear water and you drop a tiny little drop of food coloring in there mm-hmm. just one single drop and you watch what happens it swirls and it eventually you know it disperses so much dilutes into that water that it's essentially nothing yeah it's it didn't change I mean maybe with some machine or something you could see you know the change in color that slight tint but I guess what I'm getting at is that's what I picture imagine we're out in the forest or whatever and we die whatever and you just disperse in yep, the land you soak into the ground ants take you this way other bacterial bacteria does that you know mm-hmm. Wolf wolves whatever exactly. and that's I guess that's the oh, darkness of the things. thought is you're nothing at that point yeah you're you are you're a nothing, but you're everything. You are a... <laughs> you've, you've been spread out. You are a, but a drop of ocean taken from the... You're a drop of water taken from the ocean that the ocean forgot about. So that's kind of creepy if you think about that as well. I mean, we... Yeah, here's a little... Were you in the, in the room a couple days ago when I was telling about what I heard? You read the same book, though, so you'll at least know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about... Uh, uh, Aubrey Marcus's book mm-hmm. uh, on the day on your life exactly he uh, told a story about how this family went to Japan or something like that and they had KFC in Japan <laughs> and they ordered their chicken and they sat down and the kids like got irritated they were like I didn't order fish yeah. I ordered chicken and they're like the parents were like this this is chicken see the bones I mean this is the wing this is this is chicken and they're like no it's not this is fish I hate fish and whatever and then he goes on to explain that they actually weren't wrong because the whole old adage of you are what you eat is exactly what happened to these chickens in Japan they were feeding their chickens with you know fish meal and just fish flesh and stuff like that and it was their only source of nourishment yeah like they didn't have and like so, proper grains and stuff right and so the makeup of their flesh was actually how their body processed the the fish mm-hmm. meat. Yeah. So in essence, in that in that weird kind of chemical way, it's like a fillet of they fish. were eating <laughs> fish because that's all they had. Yeah, fillet of fish nuggets. So, I mean that that alone in that book that was one of my favorite parts was was the whole "you are what you eat" thing, and basically what you just been saying all day is that transfers energy or energy is transferred rather and yeah. so we are you know what we've taken into our bodies because we were nothing before that I mean we were mm-hmm. just little fucking eggs or whatever so little it kind of it makes you think a little bit more about what you're eating and what you're putting into your body yeah. it's like maybe take a little more care with that but thinking about also all these people that have been around we very well may have little bits and pieces of other people in us yeah for sure yeah like definitely as far as like the the energy you know we have energy from everything you know Mm -hmm. from a redwood tree from whatever piece of dirt so crazy Cleopatra dies she gets buried absorbs into the soil even though they mummify the shit out of them so maybe that doesn't work so well but whatever in theory 
gets soaked into the soil, finds its way into the water. Trees and plants use that to grow. Somebody else eats those plants and voila, tiny little mm-hmm. circle right there. Little banana, you got a little banana Cleopatra. <laughs> you, got a, you know, you're eating a banana, it could have been, you know. Who was another? Who was another, like, guy that was dead and buried, you know? You could be. Lots of people have been dead and buried. Yeah. Lots of people. You're basically eating people. Yeah, pretty much. How's that for veganism? There's a full circle right there, too, because when our population gets so extreme, like I said, we're not going to have the plants and the cows to eat. We're going to have to start eating each other in order to keep going. The struggle's going to be real. Too real. Yeah, that's... It's interesting. I always like to ponder death and what happens and wondering <laughs> so dark. wondering like but like it, it makes it like less scary when you just think about it you know is it though kind of cause I mean, the, that's the, the mean, part of it is part of it is like ignorance is bliss but like part of it is too like you can only be ignorant for so long you know you get sick or whatever and or you know somebody close to you is really old and like they're about to die you start thinking about it then and you hadn't thought about it at all and then all of a sudden you haven't haven't given it any thought and you're like oh god like they're gonna be gone they're just gonna be gone Mm -hmm. but it's like scientifically speaking they're not they're always here they're with us they're part of their consciousness is in us in our memories part of their physical self is around us it's in the it's in the trees it's in the air we're all connected we're all everything you know and that's like another thing to for people to think about when they want to be fucking shitty to each other or racist it's like we're literally we are all one we're all the same thing mm-hmm. we're all unique in our personalities and and we all look a little different how we were formed but we're all the same thing over the the thousands and millions of years that people and animals have been around on this planet like we all have a piece of each other I don't want to play the devil's advocate though but personality and the way people are raised is is a huge varying factor it's like the one I feel like Maybe that can't be considered energy, but that would be the one energy that actually is created without using something else, and that is just how somebody appears, or their behavior, or something like that. Your behavior is taken from other energy. You just said it yourself. How people are interacting and how they're raised is how they become. Well, right, but I guess the point is, is... I'd like to think that I'm super unracist or, you know, anything as far as, you know, judging other people and stuff like uh-huh. that, but I'm a believer in the golden rule and stuff like that. You know, treat people well as they want to be, as you would want to be treated, but there's some people that genuinely don't deserve it. And I know you've met those people. Yeah. They come up and they're just a total piece of shit to you and they have no reason they don't know you 
So I think that's a, a big part of why there's so much hatred in the world. I don't know who started it. Yeah. But it's 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 viral both ways, though, you know? So people that are shitty and has a bad day and they run into somebody and they're shitty to that person, that puts that person in a bad mood, you know? That shit Absolutely. rubs off. Yeah, it does. Especially if you don't have the the mindset to be aware of that thing and you let it affect you like and then you go off and you and it's just contagious just like laughter just like happiness is too so it's like all you can really do is make sure that you take care of your own state of mind and um uh make sure that you're not affected by that and just try to maintain a positive attitude and keep injecting that into the people around you because it is contagious and um I had another thought when you were talking about something. Oh, yeah. Um, Duncan Trussell was talking about the whole, like, treat others as um, you would like others to treat you. And he said that it also works. Um, he I forget like, how he said it, but it was basically that works both ways. So don't forget to treat yourself how you want to treat other people. Oh. And it was kind of like a self-love type thing, but it was just kind of how does that kind of interesting? Because like, how the, does he mean though? Like, it's... so like, I think it's more geared towards people who are like really nice people. They're like really like nice to other people, but maybe like really like self-loathing. You know, they they they're very nice outwardly, but they kind of hate themselves. They don't really like themselves. They never feel oh, good right. enough. But they're super nice people. But they just always kind of seem like they're beating themselves up, you know? That seems to be most people, though. Yeah, maybe that's why the saying works, then. You know? Treat yourself as you would treat unto others. I mean, we're so involved with how other people see us. And it's like that's all anything matters to anybody. And partially, that's probably why people are nice to people and... shitty reason to be nice to somebody but yeah but I don't know one thing too that's interesting is um, I like going back to what I said about how I like think about like death a lot it's just like it just interests me because it's unknown you know nobody truly knows because once they die they're dead and then they can't report back but like I wonder if when you die like if you know like does it just turn off like consciousness disables and it's just you don't even know it's like when you go to sleep it's like you wake up you don't really know like unless you have like a certain dream that you remember like but most right. of the time you don't even you just close your eyes and you were just gone for uh-huh. Like, is that what death is? Is it just turn off and and you're gone, or are you? Is your consciousness transferred to another place? Do you know, or is there like a something that happens in the transition period and then it goes dark? You know, it's like that shit interests me. Once uh, again, I think that's where religion came from. Is we mm-hmm. can't finding fathom, an answer. We can't fathom nothing. Nothingness. We can't fathom the the end of the universe. We can't. Yeah we can't picture you know that it goes on forever and ever and ever I feel like there's got to be something there and so when we die it's the same thing our minds can't 
It's like it can't just be the lights go out and nothingness. We can't. We've only experienced somethingness. <laughs> so just the thought of absolute nothingness is like, I guess, sound potheady, but it's almost like darkness is not even nothingness. It's like it's still something. Uh huh. It's well, yeah. something that can be sensed and, well, and yeah. processed. Well, that's what, I, that's what I mean. I didn't mean, like, it just looks dark. Like, you see the darkness. Like, you're aware of it. Just, like, it's just, like, nothing. Like, when you sleep, it's not darkness. It's just nothing. Right. So I wonder if that's what death is like. Or what if it was just darkness? I feel it's... What if it's you were still there and it was just darkness? We're only gonna know when we die, but... I mean, we got... I'm not bad-mouthing anybody's religion because nobody fucking knows anything, and that's kind of the whole point of the conversation, but we hear stories about, you know, people seeing the light when they die and stuff like that, and I've heard research about that, about how your mind is, is essentially shutting down. These are people that have, you know, have died and have been dead, you know, for several minutes where they're able to uh -huh. be brought back to life and stuff like that, and they're like, basically what you saw was you know, images of how your brain processes being shut down and stuff like that. Uh -huh. And by the sounds of it, it's in essence a, a dream. It's not really any different than going to sleep. When you're going to sleep, your brain's rebooting, your brain mm -hmm. is shutting down. It's it's doing the, the processes it needs to do in order to regenerate itself for the next day. Uh -huh. And so, also an interesting thought too is you hear story about people, you know, dying temporarily and they've been gone for what feels like, you know, months. But apparently what happens when you sleep is everything slows down, which is why some of your dreams seem like they last for eternity. And again, it's the same thing. Your brain is shutting down and why are you dreaming? Because I know exactly what you're talking about and I know why. At least I have a theory why or a hypothesis as they say. <laughs> Part of the stuff that I know is, like, factual things that have been told, and then part of it is just my own opinion, so it's all just kind of mixed in there, so take it however you want it, people. So, DMT. <clears throat> For people that don't know, DMT is dimethyltryptamine. It's like a natural chemical that's produced in the brain, in the body. It's produced in many plants. It's in many animals. Um... And we know some about it, but we don't know too much in depth about it. But <clears throat> there's been some research that is shown that DMT is produced when you are in REM sleep. Um, Meaning naturally? Naturally, yes. Naturally. Um, DM DMT is produced naturally in the body. Um, there is a like synthesized form of it that some people will smoke... And what it does to you is it basically sends you into another dimension, they say. Uh, it lasts for roughly 10 to 15 minutes. And they say that you, if you smoke enough of it to break... They say that there's like this barrier that you have to get through. If you just smoke a little bit, you come to this consciousness barrier, bounce off of it, and you just feel funny and you trip for a few minutes and then that's it but for people that break through this kind of skin that they say um 
you are like transported it's completely alien place they say it's hard to describe it because there's no words for it um and you're just completely astonished and some people talk about there being these little beings there that are like little elves and they don't speak English but they're speaking in a language that you don't know but for some reason you know exactly what they're saying and so anyways that's the like synthesized form of it and it basically just makes you go to an alien realm and everything's like crazy um but they have evidence that supports that when you have a near-death experience that your brain is flooded with DMT it kind of prepares the body to die like so right before you die your body starts shutting down it realizes it's incapacitated you're passed out whatever um your body realizes okay it's it's gone past the point of it being like saving itself uh-huh. like without an outside source reviving it it's gonna die and so your brain just floods itself with DMT and it prepares you for death or whatever some survival technique that's been evolved into us for whatever reason um, <clears throat> but uh, a theory that I have because I've, I've heard of the books that people have wrote where they had near death experience or they did die, you know, they were dead for several minutes, and when they come back, they're like, I know that heaven's real. Mm-hmm. I know, because I went there. I went to heaven, and I saw my sister who was there, who I hadn't seen in many, many years, and, like, all of these strange things happened to them. And for a long time, people are like, whoa, like, that person died and went to heaven. You know, they have proof. Finally, we have proof. But my theory is, is that when you have a near-death experience like that and you go past the point where your body doesn't think it's going to make it, it floods your brain with DMT and you have a crazy DMT trip, Mm -hmm. which when you listen to people that have done DMT in the psychedelic world and then you listen to the stories of these people telling in their books about how they saw heaven, it almost matches up perfectly. And it's like, well, that's that. (laughs) <laughs> for me anyways and like I, that's, that's how I kind of picture it and that's like another reason why when people have like I think when people have like near death experiences they have like kind of a revelation you know they um, it can change their life you know not just because they're grateful for life now right but because something happened that literally changed them uh-huh. it was like a chemical process and also too when you have like super weird strange dreams uh, a lot of scientists think that your body is like producing some DMT and you are like kind of tripping while you're asleep. Um, another interesting fact, uh, this dude that I've like listened a lot to because it's super interesting is this old school, um, kind of psychedelic advocate, Terrence McKenna. He t- talks about all kinds of super like wicked smart guy, scientists, talks about things in very, like, sciencey ways, um, but he has a ton of personal experiences, um, he passed away, he was, like, a while ago, he's, like, a really old dude, um, but this was from, he was talking about, like, psychedelics and stuff from way back in, like, in the 60s and 70s and all the way up into the 90s and all that before he died, um, but he said that when you 
smoke DMT and you have like a full trip, he said that even if you never smoke DMT again after that, he said that there'll be a time, even if it's a year later, when you're having it, when you're asleep and you're having a dream and somebody will walk up to you in your dream and hand you the pipe with DMT in it and you'll smoke it in your dream and have a full, completely new trip on DMT that was different from your original trip. But it's just as astonishing, just as profound and it's like a, he said he said so he believes that there's some sort of a way that you could reach it like at a natural state obviously because that was like totally natural mm-hmm. but he says he's only ever heard of that happening after somebody smoked it while they were conscious like awake I wonder if you have to know subconsciously that it's the same thing and that's how it triggers your brain to release a natural yeah yeah like some kind of linked yeah like linked pathway experiment with people that have never done that or whatever you know what I mean I don't know yeah don't it's, know it's a super it's yeah it, it would be a very difficult like thing to try and reproduce scientifically because you can't really control dreams you know so that's good on this one episode we crushed religion we crushed <laughs> afterlife we've crushed dreams yeah wild but well hopefully it left you guys with some questions or wondering just pondering this is all just talking speculation opinion so if it made you guys think then good it's kind of the point of it because we just sit and think sometimes about weird shit. It's kind of what's <laughs> happening right now. Every time I go silent. <laughs> Even sometimes <laughs> when you're talking, uh, like insult you or anything, when there's sometimes you'll say something and my mind will just go off on its own little tangent that nobody can hey, hear, German. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, like, wow, that's, a, that's an interesting thought I never thought about. Right on. Yeah. Probably shouldn't talk about our whole lives right now. Yeah. Then we won't have any future episodes. <laughs> well, that was a good talk. Just babbling. Hope you guys enjoy that. It's a slightly different form than what we've been doing, but it's fun. It's real. Just We're just chatting. And you guys are here with us. Indeed. So, uh, come back next week. Mm-hmm. And crush your dreams, even though you're gonna die and become everything and nothing. Yeah, you're you're nothing. You're just from dust where you made, dust ye shall be. Returned or something. Something like that. Alright, getting dark. Love you guys. Bye. See ya. Oh shit, that was